Man, Ephesians chapter 3 and 20, let's jump into this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I want to minister a message um, this afternoon simply entitled, Think Double. Think Double. Thank you, gentlemen, so much. We are in this series where the Lord is pushing us into the vision that he's declared over us as a people and as a church that he was going to be moving us into doubling. Um, Not only doubling as a congregation, but us doubling as individuals and our dreams and our visions and the things that God has placed in our stewardship. God wants to bring us into double. Um, He wants to bring us into greater than what we've ever seen before. And so last week, we jumped into this thing, and today we want to even move further. I gave you our text today, but let's connect connect Ephesians chapter 3 and 20 with Ephesians chapter 1. Let's go there. Ephesians 1, verse 15. Ephesians 1, verse 15. Everybody needs to have uh, a Julia Sombrano in their lives. (laughs) Like, I said that scripture, she said, ooh, I said, listen. That's why you're on my team, because everybody needs one of her, okay? Um, Ephesians 1 and 15. The Bible says, therefore, I also, after um, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that's really important. If I had time, I would stay there may give you to you the spirit wisdom is a spirit i don't have time the spirit of wisdom and revelation in what the knowledge of him here it is verse 18 that the eyes of your understanding your understanding has eyes and part of what you experienced in 2019 was the enemy trying to make your understanding blind What I heard the Lord say he's doing in 2020, I've been trying to stay away from it, but he's going to give you clarity. He's going to give you clarity in in 2020 for the eyes of your understanding. Somebody say, I like it. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The light's going to come on. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. That's a message right there. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance? Where is it? The inheritance is in the saints. Here's verse 19. This is really what we're going to stick today and focus is that. And it says, and what is the exceeding greatness, exceeding greatness of his power towards who? I said towards who? Towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. I love this because both of these scriptures are talking to us about God's supernatural power working in us. How amazing is God that even in the midst of our imperfections and, and how jacked up we are and stupid that we can be, that God will supersede all of our stupidity, our ignorance, our crazy acting. And he says, because you are my children, you have a right to an inheritance. Here's the thing about the inheritance. God says, listen, I'm going to give you this inheritance. And in my inheritance is this word. Here's this word that I want you to write down um, today. I want you to write down the word power. 
I love that. The word power. Here in the scripture, here in Ephesians chapter 1, this word power is the word dunamis. Dunamis. And this is what the word dunamis means. You've heard it before. It means dynamite, explosive power. So God is saying, my inheritance in you is explosive. Like what I'm going to, what I've placed inside of you has the ability to literally uh, cause uh, for things that the enemy has tried to put into place to be utterly destroyed. And God's saying, I'm not going to do it, but I'm about to do it in you. He said, I've given you a level of responsibility. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And I've given you a level, I've given you a level of accountability concerning the thing that I have designed for you to do. I want to work my power in you. Here's in essence, how many of you like superhero movies? What's wrong with the rest of you? Anyway, so those of us who love superhero movies, um, like I'm into it. I, I'm convinced, and I've told you before, I am absolutely a superhero. I know you don't, you, people laugh at me, but when you see my results, I am absolutely a superhero. God bless you. And, um, and <laughs> I, got, I got receipts. I, I'm a superhero. And so what, what, what happens, it's not because of my own power and I'm not a mutant. What makes me a superhero is the supernatural power that's working on the inside of me. I think about people like Mr. Clark Kent. You remember Superman? Hello? And, and you remember there would come a time where, you know, he would go around as Clark Kent, but then there came a day when, when the moment was calling for him, when creation was moaning and groaning. Y'all ain't saying nothing. For the manifestation of the sons of God. Something would begin to happen in Clark Kent. He would take them glasses off. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And all of a sudden, you saw them colors coming out. And it was time to fly and to do work for the cause. You've got to understand that God has designed you bigger and better than what you even see yourself as. Uh, you're not you're not just another person walking this earth. There is supernatural power that you have as an inheritance. There's power in you. There's power in you. So the Bible talks about the power, but this is what I love. It says this word exceeding. Everybody say exceeding. So the Greek word, the original language for this, as you can see, I'm excited about this today. It's this word, uh, hyperbalo. Hyperbalo. This is what it means. It's, it's, it's a compound word. Hyperbalo. The word hyper means something that is above and beyond anything else. Okay? You got that? Actually, question, do you have that? Okay. The word balo means to throw or to hurt. However, when you put these two words together, it depicts an archer who is overshooting his goal. It depicts an archer that he's not necessarily just hitting the point. He's going beyond the point. He's overshooting his, his goal. Are you rocking with me? He puts much, he puts so much energy into it that he pulls back on his bow and releases the arrow. He overshoots overreaches, surpasses, and eclipses his goal. Oh, that's so good. What God's saying is that what I'm about to release and what I have already released in you, it surpasses every single record that you have ever seen and or experienced. This exceeding is connected to record-breaking grace. You hear what I said? I said a grace to be a record-breaker. It doesn't matter how they did it before. It doesn't matter what they accomplished before. The power that's working on the 
inside of me has the ability to supersede every single goal. I love it because, oh, hallelujah, that means that my 2020 is about to be bigger and greater than even what I thought. I stepped into January with some big dreams, prophetess Brittany, but what I understand is that God has opened me up to say, I'm about to take you so far that when you get to the other side of it, you're going to look like, how in the world did I get here? Calm down, Sherman. We just talking in the word it exceeding then the word goes on to talk about greatness Whew. greatness 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 uh, there is greatness inside of you hmm. how many of us have ever been in a position where we have been stuck in our failures who wants to be real okay some of you want to fake all right i appreciate the realness um where you did something really dumb or you had messed up and you were stuck. Some of you, why I'm, real, why I'm preaching right now, you're still stuck, but I'm a deliverer. So I have, the, I have the anointing to bring you out of there. And by the time I finish preaching, y'all ain't said nothing. By the time I finish preaching, I feel like there's going to be deliverance power that's going to bring you out of the mud you've been stuck in. I know you messed up then. I know that you messed up then, but there's only one accuser of the brethren, and his name is Satan. Don't you lick that idiot, pull you into the place of joining in with him, of accusing yourself. You gotta look at that fool and say, shut up. I release the anointing of shut up on y'all. I wish somebody just holler, shut up! You've got to do that. Sometimes I'm sitting at home and the devil tries to come in my mind. And I remember what the Bible says. The Bible says I've given you the power to cast down the imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so sometimes I'm sitting on the side of my bed and crazy thoughts come to my mind. And what I do sometimes, Sister Alberta, I just open my mouth and holler, shut up. And I know it might seem a little crazy, but sometimes you got to make the noise out of your mouth bigger than the noise in your head. One more time, somebody holler, shut up! We're just talking. Um, There's exceeding greatness. This Greek word in the original language for this word greatness is the word uh, megetos. Megetos, and this is where it comes from. It's where we get our word mega. It's where we get our word mega. It's where we get our word mega. It means... It means that the power Paul is describing um, um, is boundless, it's immense, it's limitless, you cannot measure it, it's vast. Um, one could say that it's so mighty that it's beyond human ability to even measure it. So two words that I need you to write down. First word that I want you to write down is a prophetic word for you today. So you got to get this, and I want you to speak it over your life all week long. It's the word mega. Write it down. It's the word mega. The word mega, right? Write down the word mega. That's, that's, a, that's a prophetic word for you. What you're stepping into in this season and this idea of God doubling around you is going to be mega. It's, it's, speaking, it's speaking about the expanse. Speaking about uh, uh, the wideness of this thing, it's, it's so much larger. We talked about last week about the ability that God has given us uh, to stretch ourselves beyond what we've seen and what we've done. What's, what's written over your head is the word mega. Uh, uh, it's big. It's huge. And, and I'm going to tell you, talk to you about this in a minute because it's, it's so important that you understand the power of mega because you've got to think mega in order to experience mega. I'm getting ahead of myself, but, but that first, first prophetic word is mega. Here's the second prophetic word I want you to write down, more. 
more, more, more. But we're talking about, when we talk about more, we're talking about measures, right? Yeah. We're talking about more. You're talking about measure, right? How many of you ever, you know, you were ever doing baking and, and you were tasting the batter for your baking and you could tell, mm, needs a little more of whatever, uh-huh. right? It's a little bit more, right? So, so it, I, I love my, I make excellent sweet potato pies. They're amazing. They're amazing. I, I, they're amazing. They're phenomenal. They're just transformative. And <laughs> it will change your life, child. So, uh, sometime when I'm tasting my um, recipe, I taste it. I'm like, and I love brown sugar. I don't know how many of you. Is my, is my trainer here? Did she come to church? Uh, we, um, uh, I don't see her, but we, we, uh, we had brown sugar, <laughs> brown sugar. And I, and I mean, I get, I, I you know, I, sometimes I taste them like it's just not enough. It, it needs more. I, I want to talk to you about your life. And I want to talk to you about how you've been living beneath your privilege. Having, having access to more, but not receiving it. And part of the reason why you haven't received more, Pastor Brandon, is because of the fact that you felt like you didn't deserve more. And the reason, Kim, that we felt like we haven't deserved more is because the enemy has convinced us that our wrongdoing has put us outside of more. But we did a whole series last year all about grace and how the grace of God supersedes our craziness and positions us for something. You're right. We shouldn't deserve it. But because Christ died, we do deserve it. Yeah, because he paid for it. And so it's mine. It's my inheritance. More belongs to me. I need you to look at somebody that look like they're sick of me screaming and say, more is coming to your house. More. More. I've been living all this life and living this life all this time and serving God and I'm not about to settle for less when I can have more. I don't care if you got saved yesterday. The word written over your life is more. God is designed for you to walk in more. God is designed for you to walk in more. There's more glory coming. There's more strength coming. There's more vigor coming. There's more tenacity coming. I prophesy over you today that more is about to hit your entire family line. Somebody holler more, 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 more. I'm just reading the scripture. Be seated. God is giving you mega... And more. Okay? It's giving you mega and more. But here's the thing about mega and more. Here we go. You got to take the cap off your thinking and think mega. Think more. Think double. Think double. Think double. Think double. That means I have to expand how I view myself. Scripture saying, you know it, as a man thinking in his heart, so you're simply living out what you focus on. Right? People laugh at me when I, in a in business world and in the church world, I go places and I'm consistently and constantly make this statement, I am amazing. And people laugh every time I say it, they're like, I mean, what an arrogant man. Uh, but no, not arrogant at all. My assurity is in him. Number one. And the reason why I manifest amazing is because I think I am amazing. 
So, some of you are like, it's too simple for you. But the, but the thing is, you've been fighting thoughts in your head about how great you are on a regular basis. And that's why greatness doesn't happen for you. See, real, real, real thinking that begins to tap in to the mega, the more, the double for your life. You begin to walk in that thing. It will attract what you need. You're, you're, you're talking about it. See, some of you think being attractive has to do with them, with them, with them brows. Amen. And we believe in good brows. Amen. Get them things together. We believe in that. Okay. You think it has to do with them lashes? And I appreciate the lashes, not the tarantulas, but I do appreciate good lashes. Okay. Put some gloss on. Amen. You know, you don't always got to have a full, full face. Sometimes you, I tell my wife, I say, all I need is just some old baby on them lips. You don't even got to put no... I don't need no foundation. Just drop some old baby and go on out. We good. I say amen. Some of these men, you think it's about a line, and a line can change your life. It's nothing like a man that comes out of the chair after getting a line. You look yourself in a mirror like, dang. Like you feel like you Denzel, even though you don't look like him. I mean, you just, you just look in the mirror like, Ugh, I love you, man. I love you, dude. A line will transform your entire life. Men say amen. You know I'm telling the truth. We'll do something for you. But that's not going to be it in this hour. What is going to attract what you need in your life is your thinking. (laughs) I can say this. The sexiest part of your life is that mind. Did you hear what I just said? Yes, I said that on this mic. I paid for it. I can say it. It's important for you to understand that you got to use it. You got to think at the level that God has designed for you to think, and you got to think mega. You got to think more. Are you getting this so far? See, when you think double, you can manifest double. Write that down. When you think double, you can manifest double. You can manifest double. That exceeding great power that's working in you will manifest through you if you think that way. So you got to think that you can, that your scripts and your screenplays are going to go on the seat of some of the greatest executives that the world has never seen. You got to think that. As you write it, you got to think that. This is a song that's about to change the dog on world. After I get done with this song, y'all, y'all say, see, 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 you, you got to speak that and you got to stay there until it breaks. That's what I'm saying. Some of us, we move off of it because that song didn't actually go nowhere. No, every song's a hit maker. I can't hear you. Every time you write that song you got to say hit maker dog on it hit maker hit maker and you got to write it like you're a hit maker you got to talk like you're a hit maker when they ask you about your song stop with that false humility sometimes when i mean it's all right heck no baby after you write that song you be like this is the best song you will ever hear you need to listen to this song after you hear this song everything will be transformed why are you not manifesting greatness because you're not thinking that Hallelujah. So your thinking will connect with your language. Come on, you know this. Your thinking will connect with your language. Your language will connect with your actions, right? Your thinking will connect with your language, and your language will connect with your actions. Your thinking will connect with your language, and your language will connect with your actions. But if I can get my thoughts together, my language, I can align it with my thoughts. And then I'll begin to live out everything that God has for me. 
<laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine? People, I, I don't understand. I have a thing, okay? And it's just me. I'm not saying it's bad, these people. But I don't understand people who come from rich families and then be like, I, I don't want my fa- father's money. You can give it to me. Now I understand, you know, wanting to work for yourself and get your own get your own money. But I'm gonna take my money and yours. I can't hear nobody. Like, I, I don't. Please and thank you. See, some of us we have that kind of mindset concerning God. It's like, well, I don't want to bother God. This is what we say. People say this kind of stuff. I don't want to bother God. I know he's you know he's busy. Like God has to work overtime or like God is overloaded with good cases on his desk. Listen to me. You got to realize that God wants you to have, listen to me, his dream for you. I've told you this before, but it's worth repeating. is bigger than you even think his dream is for you. Your wildest dream is the floor to God's dream for you. When I connect with him and I begin to see what he sees, it'll be able to shift you in another direction. Now, here's what I got to get you. Uh, Matthew 10 and 8. Um, you can go there um, for a moment. And this is the only part that I want to focus on. Understand, God doesn't give Christians more for themselves alone. Okay? It's for us, but it's not just for us. Whenever God is dropping more on you, He's giving you more for the benefit of everything you're connected with and everything you will ever touch. I like to say it like this. When I go up, everything with me goes up. So you'd be crazy to be a real, a real partner of this church, like a Taipei partner of this church, and see what God is doing inside of your leaders and then not go up too. I, I just don't. I don't understand. Like, like if, if, if I was looking, if I was your pastor, if I was my pastor, <laughs> glory to God, if I was my pastor and God was taking uh, uh, my pastor around the world and sending his voice to places that he would have never imagined and putting him on stages that are crazy and giving him connections with people that people wish they could sit in the room with, I would start looking like, if that's on the head, what, what is about to hit my house? I'm going to start sitting at tables, doggone. I'm going to start calling people that would never sit down with me before, and I'm about to call again. It'd be like, you ready now? Like, it's a, it's a, y'all ain't playing here. It is a new season. It's a new day, and I'm going to get what belongs to me. High five your neighbor that looks like they're ready to go home and tell them, it's your time. So it's not just for you. The Bible says, freely freely you have received give it away see the more you give away the more you get stingy people don't get that the more you listen to me the more i give and i'm talking yeah and i'm not just talking about money but i am talking about money and i am talking about in the church and i'm talking about without the church the more money i give to you can i tell you how much the blessing of the lord is overtaking me it is overtaking me and it doesn't come always when you want it to come but it comes when you need it to come oh he'll provide it and he'll send it but as long as you stay in stingy land you'll never live in abundance People give me money, Daryl, 
money just come to me now. I mean, I wish it was like that 10 years ago, but I'm happy it's here now. You know what I'm saying? People just walk up and just, I'd be like, what is going on? It's the abundance of God. When you obey him, it'll take you into your next level. So he's given it to you to give it away. Right? So whether it's resources, whether it's money, whether it's the glory of God, the manifest power of God. God's not just giving you the manifest power of God so you can have goosebumps. And be like, ooh, I feel it. I feel it. Who cares that you feel it? Give it away. Give it away. You're experiencing God's power in your life. Go pray for somebody else. See, that's a powerful thing. After you receive prayer here, go pray for somebody else this week. Believe God for them. Y'all quiet in here because you're stingy and you're lazy. I said that and I'm talking to a bunch of you. I said you're stingy and you're lazy. Some of you, if it's not for you, don't eat it. But if it's for you, swallow. It is important that you walk in what God has called you to walk in. Is this good teaching today? Yeah. Let's talk about trajectory, and then we're going to go home. Ooh-wee. Let's talk about trajectory, and we're going to go home. Give me that. Um, write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes. The trajectory of a moving object is the path that it follows as it moves. That makes sense, right? The trajectory of a moving object is the path that it follows as it moves, right? So your trajectory is defined by you taking small steps of faith, okay? I want you to write that down. Your trajectory will be defined by you taking small steps of faith in the right direction. Your trajectory will be defined by you taking small steps of faith in the right direction, okay? Now, the arrow is pointing upward. Okay. And these folks are moving along with the arrow, but the, a lot of people around the world are not up here. They're just going like this. They're walking, they're walking along where the buildings are. That's their trajectory. It's low. It's regular. It's common. Everybody's doing it. It's not special. Everybody's walking like this, just moving through life. But then there's a small portion of people that say, I am sick, sick and tired of just walking at the same level. I'm going to take small steps of faith to a higher direction. Now, here's the thing. Both parties are taking steps. People are taking steps that are just steps. And then there are people who are taking steps and not wasting them. Their steps of faith. Listen, I'm going to say it again. Everybody's going to take a step. The key is that when you take the step, make it a step of faith. Don't waste it. If I'm going to move, I'm not just going to keep moving in the same direction. I'm just not going to keep moving here. I'm going to go higher. And what takes you higher, write this word down, is obedience. Your trajectory will never be elevated without obedience. Not obedience to culture. Not obedience to what your bloodline does or your family does. Obedience to God and his word. 
Here's the truth. We understand this. If you start moving and your trajectory start going up and you can start walking by faith, that thing gets you out there where you wonder if God's going to catch you. Are you here? It gets you to a place where you're just out there. Just out there. Right now, I'm believing God for, for, it don't make no sense, but I'm believing God for property for our Las Vegas campus. And, and we, 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 we're just out there. We're out there. Last week, we went and saw some building, and, and we so crazy. We stand there talking about how we could add on the top floor to this thing. With what? <laughs> we ain't a broke church, but we show <laughs> build it on the second level kind of money. We want to steward it right, right? So I'm like, what? what? Faith. The only building tools that you need to accomplish what God has called you to do is faith. The only thing you need is faith. But here's the key. Everybody has it, but not everybody's working it. Oh, you're helping me, Sherman. Thank you, Sherman. Everybody has it. Right? To each of us have been given the measure of that's Bible. Everybody has it, but not everybody's working it. To work faith is to take steps of obedience. I'm trying to free you up because some of us, you're, you're, you're thinking that steps of faith always have to be these huge, massive things. And that's why you haven't accomplished much because you're not starting. The more you teach yourself how to take steps of faith, spiritual, if you will, I'm going to say this, spiritual muscle memory is going to kick in. Um, I'm going to talk about this every week, so just get used to it. So while we're in the gym, here we go. You know, when people get in the gym, that's all they talk about, like they're expert. I know expert, but I'm just going to talk about me working out. Okay, it's part of my life right now. So we're in there, and... And the trainer, she always with these lunges foolishness. It's, it's from hell. It's from Hades. So I've never been athletic. I never played no sports because I just knew I was too important to the world. I would never put myself in that kind of danger. <laughs> I was just never give anybody a chance to hurt all of this that God was going to use around the world. <laughs> so I let other people do that. God bless you. And so, so because of that... <laughs> How dumb is that? And so, I, because, because of that, I got to learn forms that I've never known before. And so, she's talking about lunges, and I'm like, I'm about to fall and break my neck. I mean, we don't put that stuff on the stories, but, you know, we're, I'm about to fall and break my neck. So, she, she, she said, Sherman, what I want you to do, you know, Jaquette, you're doing your lunges well. You know, that's what she says to her. Good job, Jaquette. And so... <laughs> Says Sherman, but what I want you to do, I'm gonna put these uh, kind of what do you call them, honey? Bands on this gate here, <laughs> and I want you to hold on to the bands, <laughs> and I want you to do. <laughs> Here's my point: what she's trying to do is strengthen my form. It wasn't. It was not about the level of intensity of it in that moment. She's trying to teach my body so my body will remember. The next time it's time to do lunges. Y'all not hearing me. If you'll begin to take the small steps of faith, you'll create spiritual muscle memory, if you will. 
that it becomes easier and easier to take steps of faith if you take it the first time. I need you to hit your neighbor real quick and say, do it, do it, do it. Hey, it's important for you to understand that God wants you to walk in faith. There's so many dreams in this room. So many dreams in this room. And God's not going to just manifest his, his, his power, Erica Rodriguez, just simply through a standing and just laying hands on people. Some of God's power is going to come in your dream being manifested. So your dream that God locked in you is an answer. Your dream that God locked in you is a, is a portal for healing for somebody. Somebody's going to walk into your play and sit there through the telling of a story and begin to get free while they listen and watch this story played out on the stage. I feel the glory. Ah, somebody's going to put your clothing line on. And while they're putting your clothing line on, they would have had a headache. But then they walk out and say, what happened to the migraine? Jesus healed me because I wore the cross out. It's important for you to understand you got to obey your way to your next level. I got to get out of this. I got to play the catch. Let me give this to you. I'm going to hit this, and I'll finish this someday. There was two guys that really fit this understanding of small steps of obedience shifting your trajectory. I can't read the story for a second time, but I'm going to give you this. Go to 1 Kings 19.19 in your own time. Okay? And also, you want to go to 2 Kings, the second chapter. Okay? Go to both of them places later. Not now. Two gentlemen. Elijah. Elisha. Elijah. Elisha. Both of them are taking steps of obedience. God speaks to Elijah and says, it's time for you to pour out what I've placed in you. <laughs> what you've given your life to, Elijah, I don't want it to be stuck in you. I need you to pour into somebody else because I need what's in you, Elijah, to live beyond you. So God tells Elijah, go find Elisha. Go find him. So here, Elijah, his trajectory is changing. His, his, his life direction is going in a different direction. He has to take these small steps of obedience to go take what he paid for and give it to others. People don't understand that. People always ask you, you know, oh, I, I just want what you have and, and I just want you to pull. I'm not wasting what God locked inside of me and what I have sacrificed my everything for, for lazy tail, ignorant acting people who do not want to accomplish what God told you to accomplish. I will not give you what I've given my life for with your lazy tail. So, Elijah says, I'm going to go obey God. He goes and he takes his mantle. Give me one of them towels or whatever we use to cover people's behind when they fall out. Thank you. Thank you. Who's going to really get uh, Come here. You're you a real person. You knew I was talking to you. How would you know that? You're going to really get it. So, it's real life. Stand here. So, uh. 
Oh, this man of God prayed in here on Wednesday night. Now, the thing about Albert, you don't know when he's speaking in tongues or in English, but it don't matter. The difference is the power of God manifested. I saw y'all. Y'all was like, what did he say? I was watching you. I was over here laughing, watching y'all. But what we cannot deny is that the power of God, I want to honor him real quick, and I want to honor Azure Williams. I mean, my God. What you don't know, and I'm going to get back to this, what you don't know is that she is my first intercessor. When the church first started, she was the first prayer leader. And it just, I was trying to hold my tears back, hearing that she prayed with such accuracy, and, and it was so powerful as she led us in prayer Wednesday night. Let's thank God for both of these. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. It goes down 7 o'clock on Wednesdays. You just never know what's going to happen. I would encourage you to get here. Um, face them. Okay. So the Bible says this, and i got to move really fast now. Elisha, Elisha was busy working, like bend down and come up and act like you're working. He was busy. <laughs> he was busy working. He was busy working. He was busy working. Keep going. Elisha was busy working. Elijah went to Elisha to go and find him. And when he found Elisha, Elisha was busy working. He was not just sitting around doing nothing. He was busy working. He was busy working. Your requirement for double in your life is going to be your ability to make some moves and to get to work. You cannot be at the place where you're sitting on the side of your bed talking about you won't double on your life. If you won't double on your life and if God is going to make sure you become a receptor of glory of glory and double in your life if you're going to become a carrier of double and you're going to become a carrier of the glory it's going to define it's going to demand that you actually get to work look at the person around you and say get, 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 get to work keep working and so he found him working and the Bible says the Bible the Bible the Bible the Bible says the Bible says that when Elijah found Elisha he saw him working and the Bible says and and Elijah dropped his mantle on him. You, you, you don't understand that language because you don't know what the mantle represents. But the mantle represents the spiritual clothing that God had put on Elijah. The mantle, this natural piece of cloth, began to represent the spiritual clothing that God had put on Elijah. And so he dropped it and he dropped it to see if he would pick it up. Pick it up. And he understood that I'm going to go and drop this thing to see if this man has a good enough sense to pick up what the Lord has given me to give him. You've got to understand that when it's standing in front of you, you can't just watch the glory. you got to pick up what the Lord has dropped. If I were you up in this house in this hour, I would pick up as much as I could pick up. I wouldn't be in a place where I would see the glory here and see the power of God moving and not pick up what I can pick up. And so Elijah said, what I'll do now is I'll drop my mantle and I'll see if Elijah will pick it up. Elijah had enough sense to pick it up somebody said pick it up now listen to me the mantle can be dropped in so many directions sometimes the mantle is dropped in a message I can hear you sometimes the mantle is dropped in a prophetic word sometimes the mantle is dropped in an assignment sometimes the mantle is dropped in a in a direction that your leaders give to you but the important thing is is that whenever it is dropped you better pick it up there are times in your life where God will put you in the direction where you gotta get what belongs to you tell somebody pick it up pick it up pick it up be seated please so he come back here i didn't take go nowhere come back here african son he picks it up he picks it up 
and makes a decision, I will follow you until your last day. Elisha took the steps of obedience that changed his trajectory through the power of covenant. Please write that word down. I I, got to go. But listen, somebody say covenant. Covenant, 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 covenant. Covenant is bigger, bigger, bigger than what we understand. It's bigger than what we understand. Because marriage is a covenant in America, and we throw that covenant around like it's nothing. So you got to be careful who you get into that covenant with. Because then you don't have to worry about trying to get out. Do the work before. Stop being so hot. I'm going to drop it right here for you. Stop being so hot. I got my daughter here. I was about to say something. I'll save it for later. It's important that you understand <laughs> that covenant was established in the midst of Elijah and Elisha. The idea was we are connected and it's beyond a natural connection. It's a supernatural spiritual connection. He took the step of obedience to follow a man he did not know. So for everybody that says trust, time takes, you know, trust needs time. I don't trust you because I don't have enough time with you. Some covenants are established because God said they're established. Elisha had the spiritual wisdom and discernment to discern this was a moment that was different from any other kind of moment. The Bible doesn't give us all of the details, but apparently Elisha saw something. He saw something in Elijah. He saw something in that moment and said, I'm going to take these steps of obedience. They're going to change the trajectory of my life. Let's keep moving. Elisha follows Elijah. A lot happened. But at the end of the story, a powerful moment. Elijah starts talking to Elisha and says, hey, man, I'm going to the next city. I want you just to hang tight. Elisha tells Elijah, as long as you live, as long as you live, I will never leave you. Let me, let me, let me make this make sense for you. His, his, his commitment was, as long as you live, I'm going to keep walking in faith. I'm going to keep agreeing with what God has given me the revelation of. I'm going to keep staying in step with what God has given me the revelation of. And so Elisha follows Elijah. He tells Elijah when Elisha uh, gets the message from Elijah, which says, going about your business, he says, I'm going to stay with you. They went to the next city. Elijah tested Elisha again, said, go about your business. He said, no, I'm going to stay with you. Then he asked him, Elijah asked Elisha a powerful question. What do you want from me? And he said, he said, I want a double portion of what's on your life. Elijah tells Elisha, if you see me when I go up. He said, he said something's going to happen in my life and there's going to be a transition. If you see me when I go up. 
If you just if you stick it, you see me while I go up. I, 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 if you see, you stay focused. You see, keep taking these steps of faith. You keep finding yourself faithful. You keep finding yourself where God told you to be when he told you to be there and not be moved by the opinion of people because people will ask you, why are you over there at that church so much? Or why are you over there doing all of that? And I can't believe, what is our first fruit? You mean to tell me you gave all that money to the church? I can't believe that you did that. People will come and convince you that you're the stupidest of the stupid. But unless you want their life, shut off their voice. He said, if you see me when I go up, Elisha sees Elijah being taken up with the chariots of God at the Jordan River. And God fulfills the request. He gives him double. Gives him double. Double is connected to obedience. Double is connected for you being where you're supposed to be when he tells you to be there, even when it's uncomfortable. Even when it doesn't make sense. There were other people who were connected to Elijah, and I told the men this a couple of months ago, that did not get what Elisha got. They were called the schools of the prophet. You remember this, Dr. Anita? The schools of the prophet who were watching from afar. Oh, God. I got to catch a plane. Come here. The four of you really quickly. Four of you, really quickly, stand here. Somebody say, hey, school of the prophets. School of the prophets were standing, watching from afar while Elisha was getting the double portion. Go and study it later. Every place that he went, and the school of the prophets was coming. Y'all kind of get in a circle. Don't just stand linear. Just kind of, yeah, kind of semi-circle kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. They're watching. They're watching from afar while he's getting it. Why couldn't the school of prophets who were following the same leader get the same double? How, how, how were you in the same place with the same leader? Following the same guy. Because Elisha paid a price that these, y'all not dodos, but I'm going to call you dodos because you represent School of Prophets. That these dodos would not pay. You want double, but are you willing to sacrifice and obey God in every area? You got to obey. Sometimes you got to obey and sometimes you got to even get your family in line with it. Y'all quiet here. Sometimes your spouse will not understand. And sometimes you got to tell your spouse, come on, get in alignment. We, we, this is what the word of the Lord is. I appreciate your ignorant acting self today. But right now you're off and out of alignment with God's word. Y'all go out of here. You got to do that thing. He got what they could never receive. Because they never made the, paid the price or took the steps of obedience. Here's the thing what he got. He didn't just get, oh, double portion of whistle in his life. Elijah performed eight miracles. Study study those scriptures I gave you. Elijah performed eight miracles. Elisha, by the time he got done, performed 16 miracles. His steps of obedience that shift the trajectory of his life And his commitment to stay in the place of obeying God no matter the noise of everybody else around him. If you really read the story, the schools of the prophets were mocking Elisha. 
mocking his commitment. But when it came down to it, they had no miracles and he had 16. Let them laugh. Let them snicker. Let them, let them be at a place where they, where they sit around and make fun of you. Let them do it. Let them look at you strange. Let them talk about you. Because at the end of the day, before I die, I will have the double that God has called to come to my life. And I refuse to be like the fear that the many, rather, who are out there and won't say yes to God. Y'all go sit down. I refuse to be like those who refuse to say yes to God. I wonder in San Bernardino today if there are at least a hundred people who say I'll say yes to God. I'm about to get my double dog on it. I'm about to experience what God has for me. I refuse to be in the place of non-production. I'm going to produce what it is I'm supposed to reproduce. I'm going to have what it is that I'm supposed to have. Double is written over my life. I want you to lift your hands now and I want you to worship God. And I want you to recommit your life to obedience with him. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Come on, do it. Recommit yourself to him. I'll obey you. 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 So, Father, I thank you for every single person the sound of my voice who's heard this word today. Let them be brought into a place of thinking double. We uncap their brains. We uncap their minds. We uncap their lives. And we release the grace for double upon them. As they obey you, Father, and they come in agreement with you. And as they make the changes in the sacrifices, Father, that you have designed for them to have. Whatever those steps of obedience are, I thank you that you're breathing upon their lives. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Listen to me. Keep standing where you are.